Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Greenbar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Greenbar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Joe Pot in today for Tom Ackerman. Tom busy on assignment, and he's got uh, some busy times coming up as well. He'll be heavily involved, obviously, with the race that's coming up here to uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway coming up in just a week. And we, by the way, will visit with Chris Blair coming up later in this show. Talk to him about what to expect at the Enjoy Illinois 300, the second running of that NASCAR race. We've got a lot more to do, as you might expect, here on Sports on a Sunday morning. We're going to talk a lot of Cardinals baseball. We're going to talk some St. Louis City soccer, the top of the table, St. Louis City soccer. They're back on top of the Western Conference after a 3-1 win last night against Vancouver that puts them back on top by points. Uh, LAFC plays on Wednesday, I believe. So uh, at least for the moment, they are right level with uh, LAFC uh, in points. So we'll talk to Lutz Van and Steel as well as we do each Sunday. Talk to him about what he saw last night from that Vancouver game uh, and what's going well for City. Lots is going well for City. Let's talk about last night's Cardinals game because for in two out of the last three games the Cardinals have played, they have needed starting pitching for, uh, they have needed starting pitching more for one reason or another. On Thursday, the Cardinals played without Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Contreras. Just a day off for all three of those guys. The the Cardinals are in a stretch of 19 consecutive games, which ends on Tuesday. They'll play that two-game series with the Royals coming up at Bush Stadium. And they needed to rest those guys. Uh, they've, they've, that's a huge part of what Oliver Marmel is doing as far as managing these guys' workloads and, and the games they play. So on Thursday, boy, they really needed a good start just to kind of get past that. As it turned out, there wasn't a lot of runs. They won that game 2-1. to one. Last night, they needed a good start because offense was tough to come by, period. It wasn't because those guys were out of the lineup. It's because there was just no offense in that game last night. They got a big swing of the bat. This is Brendan Donovan in the second inning. The 2-2 pitch is hit hard right field. That is back, and it is gone. Brendan Donovan hits his fifth home run of the year. He hit that one where Brennan could not catch it, and the Cardinals have their first hit after two outs in the second inning. 
and it counts for their first run tonight. So that was the uh, first run the Cardinals got, that uh, home run from Brendan Donovan. They gave up a run in the third inning after a walk and a wild pitch and then a base hit from Jose Ramirez, and it was a 1-1 game, and that's the way it stayed. Tanner Bybee, rookie for the uh, Guardians yesterday, pitched outstanding, struck out nine in his six innings of work. Jack Flaherty pitched outstanding, seven innings. He struck out four. More importantly, he walked only one. He was coming off that start uh, last Sunday against the Dodgers where he went just four, but he walked four in that game. So to have him come in uh, and really kind of control things, there were a couple of times where the Guardians picked up what you thought might be a big hit, a double in the fifth inning. He got around it, a leadoff single in the sixth inning by Josh Naylor, and Naylor was left at first base, didn't even move. Uh, So he was able to pitch out of what little trouble he was in, but he didn't complicate that by adding walks. It was another really good start by Jack Flaherty, and we'll talk to Oliver Marmel about that coming up uh, here in our second segment. Then coming into the 10th inning, Donovan is your extra runner on second base. He immediately steals third base, which sets up this play. The wind and the pitch, and the ball gets past the catcher. It's going back to the screen, and scoring is Brendan Donovan. And the Cardinals take the lead 2-1 to one in the 10th. What a break for the Cardinals that was as it just got away from the catcher, Fry. So that is the way the Cardinals scored their game-winning run yesterday. They were able to hold in the bottom of the 10th inning. Giovanni Gallegos picks up the save, leaves that runner at second base. They never even advanced the extra runner there in extras. Ryan Helsley gets the win after an inning and a third yesterday. Good outing from him as well. Really just a good outing all the way around. Andre Pallante had a little trouble in the eighth inning, gave up a base hit and a walk to start that inning. But Ryan Helsley came in and got out of the inning after Pallante recorded the first two outs. Helsley struck out uh, Miles Straw there to finish that eighth inning. So really just a good pitching performance all the way around. And they were able to overcome the fact that they had just two hits last night. And that's a big deal. And if the starters continue to do things that the starters are doing, Michaelis on Thursday, Flaherty yesterday, Libertor was okay on Friday night. They had a rough start before that from Steven Matz in Cincinnati. But if they can start rounding this rotation into form and you start expecting this and seeing this more often than not, uh, things are obviously going to be uh, much better for the Cardinals than they were certainly at the beginning of the season and certainly, you know, even going into the month of May when they were really struggling. The uh, Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmel, is coming up next as we continue things here. Sports on a Sunday morning. Jill Pot in for Tom Ackerman in the Stiefel Sports Studio. We're coming back with the Cards manager here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Back in on Sports on a Sunday morning, Joe Pod in for Tom Ackerman here on this Sunday morning. We're talking a lot of Cardinals baseball today. We'll keep that going with the Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmel, kind enough to take some time with us here on this Sunday after a really nice pitching performance last night, Ollie, and uh, you got just enough to uh, get a win, and sometimes that's the way baseball goes, isn't it? You ain't kidding. That's exactly what happened. Uh, Jack did a really nice job. Um, gave us exactly what we needed. 
yesterday with seven innings worth of work, uh, just commanded the zone, had all his pitches working for him, mixed in a decent amount of change-ups more than um, he usually does, and was able to get four outs against the lefties with that, mixed in the curve. I mean, overall, that was a really good outing. And then Donovan with a big swing, um, but even more impressive was the, the steal of third and being able to scratch that run there in order to, to win that game. But overall, it was good to come away with the win. I want to get back to that steal in the 10th inning, but let's stick with Jack Flaherty because, as you said, you got exactly what you needed. So he has very little trouble, a couple of uh, hits here and there that he pitched around, but he doesn't compound that trouble with walks, and that had been an issue earlier in the year for Jack Flaherty. Yeah, and that's the difference. Um, Early in the year, he pitched with a lot of traffic and still found a way to kind of navigate it at times and get that ground ball to a play and make pitches when needed. But it was a lot of different uh, situations where there was just traffic. Yesterday was was different. He was able to command the zone and um, walked one, but overall just uh, was in control of that entire outing. You talk about the steal in the 10th inning. Uh, Brendan Donovan is your extra runner there to start extra innings. He steals third almost immediately. Is that something that you talk about before the inning starts? Is it a, is it something that you called in as the inning began? How does that kind of develop? No, we 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 were prepped for that prior to the inning starting. We felt it was our best chance um, to do it early in that at bat. Give a give the young and the group uh, a, a chance there to to come through and take a couple shots at it with the runner on third. We felt pretty confident we were. Uh, going to be able to successfully do it, but uh, that was a, a really nice job by Donovan. And I just love the idea of immediately putting the pressure onto the Guardians, onto Nick Sandlin, immediately forcing them to have to deal with that right off the bat. No doubt about it. I mean, this game's about uh, applying pressure. Uh, you're either on the receiving side of that or, or you're applying pressure, and we want to be the team that's always uh, – Looking for that next edge. Uh, if they give us a little bit, we'll we'll take it. And yesterday was a perfect example of uh, our guys being prepped and buying into that prep work and being able to take advantage of them immediately in order to give us the best shot to score that run. And you got to have players make plays, and you certainly had that in that situation last night. Let's go back to okay. Thursday. Yeah, uh, Thursday, because it was another situation where right off the bat, I felt like, boy, you just needed to have a – Really good start from Miles Michaelis. You were able to give guys a day off, and Arenado, Goldschmidt, Contreras. You needed to have that big start. And again, Miles Michaelis steps up, answers the bell on Thursday in Cincinnati. Big time. And and talk about exactly what we needed. And especially you're resting the big boys. This is a 19 game stretch, and it's guys are tired. It's just the reality of it. And uh, the reason we've been able to gain some ground is because our, our guys, our big boys, have gone every single day with, the, with not a whole lot of off days. So um, we were resting Arnado and Goldie and Contreras, and we were staying away from them completely. They weren't going to come off the bench and take a pinch hit. It was a true day off. Um, so we needed Miles to impose his will on those guys and just run through that lineup, and he did exactly that. Oliver Marmel, the Cardinals manager with us here, sports on a Sunday morning. When it comes to giving some of those guys rest, I know that is not probably something that they are always wanting to do. I'm sure there are plenty of times that they need that day that they maybe don't want to take that day. How do you kind of manage that uh, and work through that, and especially in a stretch like you're going through right now? Yeah, you want to be mindful of the fact that it's a long season. And what you want is your guys to be fresh in July and August and September and October. You want those guys to be ready to go and 
um, what made it tough in this 19-game stretch is we dug ourselves such a big hole in April that we knew we needed to dig ourselves out of it. Um, so our guys were going to post every day. So do they like taking days off? No. Um, the day off they took in Cincinnati, they, they all were very willing to take that one because of how hard they've been going. Um, and uh, they'll, they'll finish off strong here before the two days off in Pittsburgh. So the other thing that comes into play there, too, is the depth of this club and the depth of your lineup. And obviously somebody like Nolan Gorman swinging the bat the way he is. The fact that you've got guys like Alec Burleson and like Oscar Mercado that can take some of those spots, that can take some of those at bats. I, I imagine that makes it much easier for you to make those kind of decisions. It, it does. And um, we've had a lot of different guys step up. You, you just mentioned a few of them. Y- Yepes has taken some good at-bats as well. And Edmund swinging the bat really well. Uh, you, you look at Burleson and Newport. There's different ways of winning a game where you're not only depending on your big boys every day, which is helpful. Um, they're going to carry you for, for a decent part of the season, but other guys need to step up at different parts and, and, and also do their job. So we've had a lot of contribution from a lot of different guys, which has been really good. Let's talk about today. Jordan Montgomery on the mound for you today. He is uh, coming off a fairly short start uh, against Cincinnati. What are you looking for from uh, Monty today? Just to get back to what Monty does. Um, he, he didn't have a real good feel for um, his pitches last out against Cincy. He relied on the changeup quite a bit. That's the pitch that was working for him the most. So he threw that um, early in Austin and uh, didn't, didn't make it through the innings that he wanted to last out. And, but, uh, Monty's a guy. He knows what gives him success, and we're looking forward to having him on the bump today. I'm always interested to hear from uh, starting pitchers, and I heard a real interesting uh, comment from Matthew Lubertor after Friday, and he was asked, uh, I think Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch, asked him about you know, the curveball. He didn't have a great feel for that, and is there at some point that you abandon that? And he said, no, there's certainly – it's not a, a situation where you just throw it in the trash. It's, it's knowing how to manage that, where to yeah. throw it, where you can use it, and I know that the catcher is also a big part of that. So today it'll be Andrew Kisner uh, just working through that kind of dynamic. No, no doubt. And, and that's exactly the way you should look at it. Sometimes you don't have a feel for it and you, you tend to try to throw it um, earlier in counts and, and, and get it back because you know you're going to need it in order to get navigate your, your way through the innings that are necessary. Um, he relied more on his slider once he realized that the curveball wasn't there for him and he was able to Use that more often um, through a good one for Rosario, but uh, got the head out for that double. Um, but overall, I, I agree with the way he kind of articulated that. And that's an interesting point, too. And, and he said the same thing, that he felt like he threw a good pitch. Sometimes the outcome doesn't dictate whether or not the decision was a right one, right? <laughs> no, and that's the beautiful part about the sport. Uh, <laughs> There's times you make uh, you make the wrong decision and it works out really well. There's times you uh, you make a good decision and uh, it doesn't, and and that goes with pitching, that goes with hitting, and you're in control of only so much. And he made a really good pitch to Rosario. That's exactly where he wanted that pitch, and um, he happened to get the head to it and 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 hit it for a double and cleared the bases. But um, overall, the pitch was actually executed well. The result, not so much. And that is the ultimate trust the process, right? That it's not always going to work out, but you've got to be willing to. Yep. (laughs) Easier said than done, but yes. Yeah, no question about it. I I am sure that it is. Uh, Today you go against uh, Cleveland again, trying to win a series. 
Uh, is is that kind of the mindset of you, your staff, and this club? Is is just we need to go out and and win series and and just kind of check boxes or check games off as we go? Yeah, guys are locked in, man. Um, our staff and our players are. I couldn't be more proud of our group at the moment. They are. This has been a long stretch, and they are completely locked into just winning every game. And we look up after nine, and we'll see where we're at. Um, some nights is going to go our way. Some nights is not, but. Um, they're not emotionally tied to the last game. They're they're moving on to the next, whether we win or lose. And they've done a nice job of just uh, of putting some uh, some wins on the board. So uh, we'll approach the day no different than any other day. We're looking to, to take this game, and uh, it's been a while since we've been back home. So win this one and get back home and see the family. And another thing that is sort of easier said than done, right? You want to look ahead and say, okay, we've got these series, we've got this game, we've got this matchup. But in reality, the, the the best course of action at this point is, as you said, you take it nine innings at a time. No doubt. And uh, you take it one pitch at a time, one inning at a time, one game at a time. Um, yesterday's done. It was good to sneak that win in, uh, especially offensively when it was a, a tough day. Um, and now we, we look at Gaddis and how we're going to approach him today and win this game. Um, but, yes, we're looking at how do we win one game at a time at the moment, and it's it's, it's going well. Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you, uh, and I know that uh, you know it's it's been almost a week now since we learned that the commish Rick Hummel had passed away. And something interesting that I know that you're doing, and it and it's based on something that Rick Hummel once said. But fans may notice they are seeing you in your actual uniform top much more than they have uh, at other times during your career. Can you talk about that? What uh, what the sort of uh, reason for that is, and wh- and what the commish meant to you? Uh, he meant a lot. This is a guy that um, was uh, really good to me. Uh, from the first day I, I got the job, would just sit in my office and, and spend time with me. He, he'd send me texts from time to time and, and just encourage me to keep going. But he he was awesome. He really was. And he would jokingly come in and say, hey, do me a favor. Can you at least wear your, your uniform top on opening day? Um, so... Um, he, he'd poke at it from time to time. So I'm uh, moving forward. I, I, I will wear my uni, uh, every day. And I, and I never want, um, our fan base to, this is a, an important part of my life when it comes to, I've been with this organization my entire life. So, um, never take it for granted, um, being able to put this uniform on, but yes, moving forward, you'll see me in it. I'll tell you that. Well, I appreciate you taking some time sharing that as well, and always appreciate you taking some time on a Sunday, certainly on a game day. Oliver Marmel, good luck today. Certainly we'll be listening, and we'll talk to you down the road. I appreciate you, man. There is the Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmel, with us here. Sports on a Sunday morning as the Cards get set to wrap up this series with the Cleveland Guardians today. Jordan Montgomery on the mound for the Redbirds. Didn't ask him about his lineup, but it looks like this. It's Newt Bark, Goldschmidt, Gorman is at third base today. Nolan Arenado will DH. Donovan, DeYoung, Burleson, Edmund, and Kisner behind the plate for the Redbirds. More to come here on Sports on a Sunday morning. Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman today. We're coming back. We'll do our own tribute to the commish, Rick Hummel, after this on KMOX. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman.
Joe Pott in for Tom Ackerman this Sunday morning. It's sports on a Sunday morning. Glad you are along. We've got Cardinals baseball coming coming up for you uh, right after our show. As a matter of fact, we'll be just a little bit shorter today because of the timing. So we'll have Cardinals baseball for you. Our pregame begins at 1145 this morning. We talked a little bit with Oliver Marmel, the Cards manager, about uh, Rick Hummel, the commish, as he was affectionately known, the longtime beat writer for the Redbirds at the Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com. I certainly didn't know Rick as well as a lot of the longtime guys in this market, a a lot of the longtime writers. Uh, Tom was was very close with Rick, but I've had the occasion on more than one one time to talk with Rick, to... Uh, deal with Rick on air here on Camo X on Sports Open Line and through our work with the Cardinals pregame show. And he was always gracious to me, treated me as if I had been in the business forever and ever. And I really appreciated that. And I wanted to revisit some of the a uh, couple of the things that we had a chance to talk about during interviews over the time. And this being the sport, the first Sunday show that we've had since we've lost commish. So I thought that would be something good to do here on this Sunday morning. And I'll start with a sports open line we did during the 2020 season. And it actually happened to be right after the passing of another Cardinal grade. That was Lou Brock. And I talked to the commish because he knew Lou pretty well. Yeah, I would say of the, of the print journalists anyway around here, probably most of the TV people, radio people hadn't been here that long either, except for Mike Shannon. Um, he was a, a friend. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not hesitant to say that. He was my friend. I, I think there's so many people, obviously, that, that have that feeling. Um, and, and I think a lot of that goes into the fact that the Cardinals put so much stock into honoring those, you know, that came before the current generation and the, and the reverence with, with they hold, you know, those players. But you know, what, what, what's, what can you tell us about Lou Brock as a friend and, and as someone who, who covered him professionally? And Well, as the years went along, I learned much more about his toughness. I, I knew how tough he was, but to have survived every medical challenge until the last one that, that was presented to him was re- remarkable. Uh, and he never complained about it. He always had a joke about it. Uh, he had half a leg. He said he could still beat Yachty Molina in a race, and would I tell him that? <laughs> <laughs> so I did, and Yachty was somewhat amused to hear that. <laughs> um, and uh, he he just had time for everybody, and I enjoyed covering him when he played. I actually covered him, you know, his last year was my first full year on the beat, or second full year on the beat, actually. And I, But I covered him part-time from 73 on, so I got to see him play quite a bit. But I got to know him a lot better probably when he was done playing, and he was uh, a treasure. I think that's what's so remarkable. I, I, I'm hearing that from so many people that they got to know him so well afterwards. Uh, you said he had time for everybody, and I hear those kind of stories. Um, that, that's almost hard to imagine these days when you're talking about professional athletes and the time he spent with the fans, with Cardinal fans. And you to give him proper due, you had to, you had to have time because Lou had long stories, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he had a long way of telling them. They were always good, but you just couldn't talk to Lou Brock for like a minute or two. It was going to be 10 or 15 minutes, and you'd enjoy all of it. You know, you, you talked about toughness, and I, and I think that's that bears repeating as well. This is a man who never spent a minute on the disabled list, and the way he played the game, that's almost that's hard to imagine. Well, Sandy Koufax hit him in the shoulder one time 
broke his shoulder blade. But Sandy was mad because Lou tried to bunt on him. <laughs> so take that, Brofax right. said. And, and Lou was out for a couple of days, and then he came back to the lineup. He said, I'm not going to give Kofax the satisfaction to put me out of the lineup here. And he came back in, and then, like nothing had ever happened. Probably stole a couple of bases. Probably. <laughs> they say, too, that, you know, the superstars are made in those big moments. And, and this is a guy that hit near 400 in his career in the World Series. He definitely rose to the spotlight, didn't he? Every World Series, he was their best player. I mean, other than Bob Gibson, who was the greatest pitcher of all time in World Series competition. But, yeah, there would, whether it was the Yankees or Red Sox or Tigers, the stats were almost all the same. He had 400 and still seven or eight bases, and the Cardinals would go seven games. That is uh, Rick Hummel talking about Lou Brock. A couple more from the commish. We were talking during that 2020 season, which, of course, was unique in all facets of the season and in the game, and I asked him about where it ranked for him. Oh, it's in a class by itself, and I do not like seven-inning doubleheaders, by the way. I hate Okay, them. all right. I know, On I, know the record. Good. I know it's good for the players, and maybe I wouldn't. I don't know if it's good for the fans or not. There's no fans there, but uh, uh, to my way of thinking, a baseball game doesn't really start till about the sixth inning. Well, in the seven-inning game, it's almost over then. You, know, you don't have time to project strategy because there's not sometimes. The strategy happens in the fourth or fifth, they think, why are they putting that guy in the fourth or fifth? Well, it's a seven inning game. But otherwise, uh, they have all the double headers that the Cardinals have had to survive. And they got a bunch more. They got uh, six more to go, I think. Uh, two of this homestand, three on the next trip, and one more on the homestand after that. So they could only have a chance to survive this with the great depth of pitching they have. And they've lost some guys. They've lost Michaelis. They've lost Hicks. Uh, Martinez has been out virtually all season. He's going to pitch tomorrow, and we'll see what happens there. But the only reason they've made this is because of the way that they, Mike Maddox and, and Mike Schild have used their bullpen. Like when they got to the sixth inning yesterday, and they suddenly threw Reyes, Cabrera, and Gallegos at the Cubs, the Cubs had no chance. They didn't even want to be out there, it didn't look like. <laughs> Every hitter was taking three swings or three pitches and back to the dugout, and that hit, and the Cardinals have – Three other guys today, they can run out there if they have to, but they've got the pitching depth, maybe pull this off and get to the playoffs. And then maybe the playing field a little easier at that point, having only one game per day. That's Rick Hummel on that 2020 season and playing those double headers. How about Rick on a couple of Cardinals greats first, Adam Wainwright. There's no doubt in my mind he should come back and pitch next year. Now I grant you he's not going through 162 games. He's going through 60, but he's also unbeaten in and uh, what five or six starts, he's won all four of the decisions he's had. And he's been their best pitcher, um, no question, uh, up on the starters. So, uh, yeah, he was given up for dead, and he'd given himself up for dead, which mm-hmm. I never thought he would say that. Before. Right. He, he was done, toast, and he's not. And the medical people kept him going, and he did the rest. And, and this is a guy that has almost reinvented himself and learned – new ways to get guys out, and, and it's been fun to watch. Well, look at the last game he pitched at home here when he beat Cleveland in that complete game, 122 pitches. And the Cleveland Indians, who don't know him from Adam, I should say, <laughs> uh, tipped their hats to him at the end of the game and said, hey, way to go, old man, you got us today. That is the commission on Adam Wainwright. And finally, on the uh, Cardinals' great catcher, Yadier Molina, is Yadi a Hall of Famer? I do. Nine-time Gold Glove, nine-time All-Star. He's got five 300 seasons. Uh, now, people are going to have to understand he's not going to have two or 300 home runs. 
It's going to have 2,000 hits. That's going to be a big number when he gets right. there. Probably this away year. or something. Probably this yeah. year if things go right. There's, and that's a big number for a, a catcher. And he's already got 2,000 games. So that should be enough to get him in. Maybe one more gold glove and one more all-star would be nice. I don't think he needs that. And people are going to have to take other people's words for it, how much he meant to the pitching staff that he handled over the years. I mean, four World Series should be some testament to that. But otherwise, just they're pitching year after year is in the top four or five in the league. And uh, there's a lot of reasons for it, but he's right at the top of the list. Always grateful to spend some time with uh, Rick Hummel. As I said, got to do that on a couple of occasions. Uh, wish there was more. I think all of us wish there was more at this point. So thought it was uh, appropriate to recognize and remember the commission here on this Sunday, our first sports on a Sunday morning since we lost the commission. That was uh, part of that interview. A lot of that interview that we did, uh, that I did back in 2020, that was for a sports open line program here on X. So we miss you, Kamish, and uh, we're all thinking about you all the time. And as we heard from the Cards manager, Oliver Marmel, who's an important person to a lot of people, not just in this market, but in that organization, in the Cardinals organization as well. We continue things here on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman in the Stiefel Sports Studio. We're going to switch gears, literally talk a little racing when we come back. We'll talk to Chris Blair of Worldwide Technology Raceway. Of course, as you are aware, the Enjoy Illinois 300 is returning to Gateway coming up here uh, in just a week. So we'll talk to Chris Blair about what is to come here in this next week as he gets ready for the big race. He, by the way, uh, will join us from the Indianapolis 500 today. That is coming up. It's sports on a Sunday morning. Joe Pot with you here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. 
Joe Pott with you here on this Sunday morning. In for Tom Ackerman today at Sports on a Sunday Morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Happy you are all with us wherever you are joining us from, whether it's on the radio, on Facebook, on Twitter, all those good things. And we're happy to be joined by Chris Blair, who is the CEO at Worldwide Technology Raceway. And he is coming to us from the Indianapolis 500. Just a tune-up, right, for next week. Yeah, just a good, kind of a getaway for us just to, uh, uh, to recalibrate a little bit and go see how some other folks are doing things and get pumped up for next week. And uh, they've got a heck of a show going on here today. It's, uh, we're in the middle of all the pre-race activities, and it's absolutely phenomenal. So it's getting us pumped up for uh, what we'll be doing, you know, just one week from right about now. And we're all excited for it. I imagine it is it is twofold. It's a chance for you to enjoy a race, probably more so than you can do next week when you are running the race and you are managing the race. But it's also, as you said, maybe a chance to kind of get a look at the way another group runs the race, right? Oh, yeah. We've got a really good relationship with the folks here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, uh, Doug Bowles, their, uh, their track president, Roger Penske, their owner, we've been friends with them for many years. And they let us uh, take a look at a lot of things from behind the scenes. And so uh, we're, you know, we're taking a look at everything from the way they're handling traffic to the way they're handling concessions. There's a variety of things that we're working on. So it's a, it's a really good educational uh, program for us. And just for us to kind of take a look at some of the issues they may have to deal with and prepare us for how we're going to deal with them next week. Chris, I, I think fans can appreciate that because everything that everyone said after the inaugural race last year is how well things were run and, and, what people probably don't realize outside of those who are managing an event or managing a sport is that all of those things have to be thought about. You have to think about where those lines are going to go for a concession, how easy it's going to be to get in and out of the facility. Those are all things that you guys have to think about so the fans don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and that's one of the things. We've had a really good run with our IndyCar race each August as well as our NHRA race. But, you know, when it comes the deal with NASCAR. It's a whole new crop of fans, a lot of first-time visitors, and for us, just a whole different way of uh, how we approach things. So the good part is, is now we have a solid baseline after our last year's event because uh, really we were going into it not knowing exactly how things were going to work, and we did a very good job. Uh, There's a lot of things that we wanted to improve on that we've tweaked. We found a good baseline. So this year, we've, we've spent the last 52 weeks really just uh, learning from the little things that we thought we could do better, and there's been a lot of improvements in the form of camping or uh, paving new uh, shoulders onto the roadways leading into the track. Just a lot of those types of things that we've taken into consideration just to make it a little bit better uh, for everyone coming out this year's event. There are going to be plenty of changes with regards to the fan experience at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I know that you've expanded viewing areas. You've added some things for the fans. Can you give us an idea of what folks can expect uh, maybe that wasn't there last year? Well, one of the big things that we did is last year, some of our hospitality uh, areas that were located inside the infield did create some obstruction uh, and some restricted viewing on some of our seats on the main grandstand. So we moved all of that to the outside of the racetrack so that the fans can have the best viewing experience from the fans. But then uh, some of the other things that we've done is we wanted to get the fans closer to the action of what's going on inside the garage area. So we uh, built our all-new gateway garage experience prize uh, infield fan zone, uh, and it's going to give fans that opportunity to get down close to the action. They'll be able to get just a few feet away from the cars as the teams are working on them, get them ready for the race, and get some kind of a behind the uh, 
pit road view so they can see everything happening behind pit road. So it's uh, really it's uh, nothing we've had here in the Midwest before, and it's going to provide them a truly unique experience. I, I put it like being able to go to the Cardinals game and sit in the dugout or uh, go into a Blues game and sit in the penalty box. It's uh, That's kind of that atmosphere of getting you that clo- up close and personal with everything that's going on. That's amazing just to get that kind of view and and those kind of amenities that are available for fans. Uh, tell me a little, I know it is much more than just the race on Sunday. So give us an idea of what else is going on that entire weekend. Yeah, well, that's one of the things we want to do is we want to make it appealing for everybody. So from the casual fan to the hardcore fan, or maybe just the person who's going along with their friends, we want everybody to be able to experience the spectacle. And with that comes a lot of music activities that we have going on, lots of great music acts. We have uh, uh, Dirks Bentley playing post-race on Sunday, which this is Dirks' only uh, St. Louis uh, appearance for 2023. And he's normally packing places when he comes in. So just having Dirks here is a tremendous asset uh, and add on to our show. Uh, the opening for us uh, going in Sunday's race was Osborne, which they're a multi-time award-winning band as well as uh, somewhat of a local star. He grew up about 80 miles from Worldwide Technology Raceway is Bailey Zimmerman, who he's got the hottest thing in country music right now. So we have him performing. On Saturday, we have Flo Rida for our post-race concert. And then throughout our midway, just lots of activities going on there uh, with a lot of local bands, you know, Dr. Easter Vegas, the Funky Butt Brass Band, lots of the bands that people are familiar with from the local animal will be performing. But, you know, in addition, we also have the Jackie Jordan Percy 5K run on Saturday afternoon, which uh, that benefits the Jackie Jordan Percy Foundation. We also have a, a car show that's going to benefit the Rides and School Supplies group to help out with uh, scholarship programs for inner city youth. So, you know, there's a lot going on. And uh, plus, we, we do a lot of fun stuff on the Midway with Kenny Wallace Live and a lot of driver appearances and things of that nature, uh, new kids zone. There's just so much and do that we can really cram in a whole weekend for folks to, to experience a great weekend of fun. Listen, Kenny Wallace Live might be uh, worth the price of admission, period. It is. <laughs> Last year we kind of turned him loose. The only requirements are I give him a microphone and a stage and he takes it from there. And we've got a great lineup of drivers that he's going to be interviewing, including last year's winner, Joey Logano, a very popular driver, Christopher Bell. And then really one of the hottest drivers in racing right now, Ross Chastain, is going to be attractions. And Ross, you know, he uh, uh, he's a watermelon farmer by how he raises was raised and uh, how he, he uh, is sponsored through the Watermelon uh, Farmers Association. And he has a tradition of smashing watermelons in Victory Lane. So we're going to be actually smashing some watermelons in the pre-race show on the stage. So it's going to be pretty fun. Are there tickets still available? We do have some tickets, but they're going fast. And based on the rate that we've been selling tickets, I mean, by end of the day, Tuesday, or possibly lunch on Wednesday, we will probably be sold out of Sunday tickets at the rate that we're going right now, which is really solid. Based on our numbers from last year, we were off about five tickets when I checked uh, early this morning. So, you know, we, we're not having a sophomore slump at all. We're having a great response. So we're only down five tickets total over on that huge crowd. And we're on track, and with the weather forecast, it looks absolutely phenomenal. I'm anticipating we are going to sell out. So, like one family today, and then you'll be right on pace for last year. Yeah. So, if they want <laughs> tickets, they can better go to wwtraceway.com and uh, click on tickets, or visit Metro Tickets because 
Uh, it's looking really, really good, and it's going to be a huge show. WWTRaceway.com. Well, uh, I will let you enjoy the rest of the Indy 500, uh, get some information, get some cool things, some cool ideas, but enjoy the race. Take some time for yourself, and I know that it is going to be a busy few days leading up to, and then, of course, all of next weekend, and everybody is excited again for the uh, second running of the Enjoy Illinois 300. Chris Blair, thanks so much for taking some time today. Oh, thanks for having me on. Anytime. Certainly appreciate it. That's Chris Blair from Worldwide Technology Raceway. WWTRaceway.com is where you go. You can click on tickets. You can also get them through Metro Ticks. As he said, it's going to be sometime probably Monday, Tuesday, probably Tuesday, that they are going to be out of tickets. They'll be sold out. And Tom Ackerman's been saying it for weeks. People ask him leading up to the race last year, if they could get tickets, if he could still get them into the race. And unfortunately, he had to say no. He had to turn people away. And uh, you can guarantee yourself a spot uh, to see this, to be part of it, to enjoy it uh, with a uh, visit to www.wwtraceway.com. So that's going to be really cool and so much going on. I mean, the amount of stuff that is going on outside of the race uh, is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Drew Young, our producer, drew the the local bands that are there to go along with guys like Flo Rida and Dirks Bentley. I mean, there's national and local acts. There's just about everything you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, Flo Rida, how could you go wrong? You know? Seriously. Uh, and welcome to my house, right? This is uh, We're going to welcome them to St. Louis and welcome them to our house. And NASCAR coming back to St. Louis, that is really cool. That's really exciting. And I know that, uh, you know, Chris Blair and his group, when they redeveloped what was gateway raceway and they redeveloped that track. And they always said they put that as a goal to bring the premier event here to the St. Louis area and to that track. And and they've delivered and then some. Yeah. How about him saying like how close you can get to the action? He said, it's like getting in the dugout. I saw, I saw some mock-ups of what that looks like on the infield and the, uh, picnic pavilion and the the new things that they have added there on the infield and even said that last year you know there were some obstructions there were some things that it wasn't ideal so they immediately went out and said they've spent the last 52 weeks right improving that fan experience and I think that those are the things that uh, at any event right you want the premier experience you want that up close and personal and they're going to deliver it there that's the, that's the cool thing uh, coming up in our second hour here on Sports on a Sunday Morning, we're going to visit with Lutz Fan and Steel uh, coming up about 11.15. He's the sporting director for St. Louis City SC, and we'll talk to him about the uh, game last night, certainly against Vancouver. They've got Houston coming in this week, so we'll talk to him about this little bit of a home stretch as well. They're going to play that game. They're going to remake uh, or replay that game as well that they had in Dallas coming up here in a couple of weeks. But for the most part, this is a big home stretch for St. Louis City, and it's a chance to continue what they've been doing as far as the success and continue their run here at the top of the table. I'm going to talk to him just a little bit of some general soccer as well and maybe some things that differ from the American game that we see in Major League Soccer and some of the other leagues around the world that he has been involved in 
for a long time as well. So that's coming up at 11.15. At 11.30, we're going to take uh, your calls as well. We're only going to uh, about 11.40 today because of an early Cardinals pregame show. But in our last segment today, we'll be able to hear from you. We'll be able to take your calls as well. You can talk to us about City, about the race, about uh, certainly about the Cardinals or anything else that's on your mind here on this Memorial Day weekend. So the second hour is coming up here. Sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. I'm Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman. Hour number two is on the way on Camel X. This is the Greenbar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Greenbar, your distributor for electrical and data com needs. Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Joe Pott in for Tom Ackerman this morning in Sports on a Sunday Morning. Happy you are with us. Drew Young with us, our producer, all morning long as well. We will take you to 1140 today. That is uh, Cardinals pregame coming up at 1145. So... Fairly light here in hour number two, although it's not really hour number two. It's like 40 minutes of hour number two. But we will talk some uh, Major League Soccer, some St. Louis City Soccer with Lutz Fanenstiel. He's coming up at 11.15 as St. Louis City got a big win last night against Vancouver. They have really struggled, by the way. Vancouver hadn't won, hasn't won, still on the road this year. We'll talk to him about that game. We'll get an update of uh, where things are. City's in the midst of a nice stretch here. They've got a couple more home games coming up here in the next couple of weeks. The FC Dallas replay comes up on Wednesday the 7th, so they'll go to Dallas, but two home games otherwise. So nice stretch for St. Louis City. Uh, Other sports uh, headlines, of course, as you know, the Indy 500 is happening today. We had already talked to Chris Blair this morning, and He said, and we should reiterate, if you want tickets, they'll probably be sold out by Tuesday, so you should get on that right now. MetroTix or WWTRaceway.com. NBA Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics uh, escaped last night against the Miami Heat, so they force a Game 7 in that one. Lots, we were talking, I was talking with Scott Jagow earlier this morning on uh, Total Information Weekend Edition, and we were talking about some of the St. Louis influence both there and in the NHL playoffs where Florida's already gone to, they've already advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals. Of course, you've got Matthew Kachuk playing for the Florida Panthers. The Western Conference Finals has Dallas and Vegas, and of course, Vegas is just littered with uh, former Blues when you talk about Petrangelo, you talk about Barbashev. So uh, there is a lot of St. Louis influence in the in the remaining sports and in the in the NBA and in the NHL. And as uh, Scott mentioned as well, whoever advances from the Eastern Conference is going to take on the Denver Nuggets, and that is, of course, another franchise owned by Stan Kroenke and. What would be better, whoever it is, than to deny Stan Kroenke yet another ring because he has a ring in like three major sports now. Uh, I think that anybody in St. Louis could get behind rooting against Stan Kroenke. And I think also, doesn't he own Arsenal? He does. They just lost too, so... That was nice. Well, we know they're not going to win the Premier League. They they lost that. Uh, Man City raised the trophy again. Uh, in the Premier League, and Arsenal was leading all season long, so n- nobody's shedding a tear there about Arsenal. 
I have other reasons to not like Arsenal anyway. So for the for for Arsenal to have lost that coming down the stretch in this Premier League season, I was okay with that as well. Now, have you ever been to a St. Louis City game? I've only been to one. The only game I've gotten a chance to go to was the uh, Union of Omaha, the Open Cup game, because okay. all the MLS games have been on Saturdays. So I'm either here doing Cardinal stuff or I'm at my other job at SIUE doing SIUE stuff. So unfortunately, I've not been to an MLS game, but I know they have a couple of midweek games. They have a Wednesday, one or two Wednesday games in Major League Soccer that I'd like to get out there to. But even the game I went to, the Open Cup game, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, we need to get you out to one of the Saturday games because the atmosphere is, well, a lot of people say the best in the MLS. You will have to talk to our boss, Tom Ackerman, then about rearranging the Cardinals uh, schedule so that <laughs> so that we could get somebody else on the on the pre or post game. Maybe that game, although I was going to say when the when the Cardinals go to London, maybe that. But I think they play a night Saturday game and then they play that really early Sunday game in that one. So even that one's not going to do me any good. Um, but for sure, I know, uh, my sister Courtney, who I know is listening and watching this morning, she and her husband, Jared were out at their first game last night. I don't think they could have been any more excited. First of all, just to get out there and be there, but then after the game and to enjoy that atmosphere and to see it. And, and the thing that I've said from the very beginning and that I think that everybody can get behind is it is another world-class facility in downtown St. Louis, bringing people to St. Louis to enjoy a night out, whatever it is. So if certainly if you're a major league soccer fan, if you are a soccer fan, it is a prime atmosphere. It is very good uh, soccer. If you are just a fan of going out and eating good food and hanging out with your friends and all of the local uh, food selections that are available at city park, it's fantastic. And all of those things combined, I, I don't know how anybody could be, um, you know, anybody could could be disappointed, could be upset with what Carolyn Kendall and the rest of the ownership group has done. It, you know, I, I was talking about Chris Blair, and, and they made a promise when they took over Worldwide Technology that they were going to bring the premier event, and they were going to make that a destination. And Carolyn Kendall and the Enterprise Group, the family, said that they were going to do the same thing. They were going to attract Major League Soccer. They were going to build a world-class facility and they have delivered hands down as well. So all of those things that are happening all here, the Cardinals are starting to play better baseball. I mean, it is shaping up to be a heck of a summer here in St. Louis. We'll continue talking about City. Uh, coming up, Lutz Fan and Steel will join us next. It's sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman this morning. That's next on Camo X. Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman here on this Sunday morning. Steeple Sports Studio here as we talk some St. Louis City SC soccer with the sporting director at St. Louis City. That is Lutz Fan yeah, of Steel. Good morning, Lutz. Good morning. I have to ask, our producer Drew Young was showing me this video today. Uh, you have some pretty good hands catching a bird and uh, freeing him from the pitch yesterday before the game. Yeah, you know, when, uh, when it comes to animals, I think I catch everything I can catch, or at least I try to. Uh, I really like animals. Uh, yeah, so the, the bird, I think, I'm not sure if he was hurt or if he just got wet from the from the sprinkler. Mm-hmm. So I, I took him and I took him up to a training facility 
gave him some water and some little bits of a granola bar. And then I, he just actually sat on my hand for like uh, three, four minutes. And then he slowly flew away. Oh my gosh. I didn't, I didn't know all that. I just realized you were re, uh, removing him from the pitch, but to uh, nurse him back to health like that, that's a, that's a busy day for you. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a quick one. And I think it was good karma as well for the game. Fantastic. Uh, last night after the game, I was listening to, uh, Dale Shilley kind of talk a little bit uh, about the game against Vancouver. It was a three to one win last night at city park. And, and he likes to talk a lot about when you're playing at home, you know, you obviously have a job to do. You want to get those three points. You want to put on an entertaining match if you can for the fans. He said last night might not have been as entertaining as some games, but technically the, the boys did what they needed to do last night. And you take a team that hadn't won on the road uh, you go out there and you get your three points. And sometimes that is what has to happen, right? Just just go out there and get the three points. Yeah, you know, in Vancouver, I mean, it's a team I used to play for for quite some time. So uh, it, it, it's always a team which is very difficult to break down. They are, they are not easy to play against. They make your life difficult. And, you know, I think uh, they are a bit, a bit undervalued and underestimated. Uh, we had them in preseason as well already in Coachella when it was a nil-nil. And we knew that it will not be uh, just a game where you can attack and attack, and they will just they will just sit back. They also, I mean, they are good defensively, but they also looked very dangerous on the counter attack. And in front of these games, I think it was not our our best home performance. Uh, you know, we played better games at home, but I think uh, it still was entertaining for the fans. Um, uh, I think there were some great goals, some uh, weird goals, some uh, special goals. What we saw yesterday. And in the end, I think we, we did deserve to, to walk away with the three points. Boy, the strike from Edward Leuven on that free kick in the 10th minute was just phenomenal. Yeah, I spoke with Edu actually the last few few weeks because, you know, he in, in Germany, he's always known as the, the set-piece specialist, the guy who bangs every year at least two, three free kicks into the top corners. And I said, hey, 30, now 12 games in, you haven't scored a free kick yet. It's better, better start doing it. I mean, then he took it that 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 uh, literally and actually knocked it into the top corner from that far out. Uh, that was a little bit uh, even over my expectations. Uh, great goal. I think uh, also a perfect timing quite early in the game. I think uh, Vancouver keeper um, just had a bit of a misjudgment there. He, he thought he can basically collect it across and the ball got longer and longer and just dropped right behind him. But it was a, a great goal and it was a perfect start for us. How, yeah, how much does that change a game uh, to take advantage of an opportunity like that so early in a match? Yeah, especially a team like Vancouver, which wants to actually keep the, the zero as long as possible. They have an Italian coach. They're very tactic-minded. Uh, you could see that. And, uh, you know, as long as it's, it's nil-nil, as more it plays into, into their cards when it comes to the tactical approach. So score an early goal somehow throws out their match plan uh, at least a little bit. And, and that means for us, it was a bit, there was a bit more spaces to attack because they couldn't just sit back and waiting for our mistakes. And then you get the goal late, the own goal. Uh, again, something that, that uh, Leuven was really involved in. Obviously, it was his long pass forward. Uh, but to get another one so late before halftime, has to be, in, in your case, in, in City's case, inflating, and in Vancouver's case, really deflating. Yeah, you know, this is, uh, I always call it this, these four phases in the game, very early on in the first five, ten minutes, uh, but then especially the two, three minutes before halftime, and the two, three minutes after halftime, 
that is when you really could play with the opponent's mind. If you score there, basically the momentum they're going in the changing room is completely different. And yes, it was a bit of a, of a I would call it a bit of a fluke goal. Uh, you know, you don't see it every day. I mean, the pass, the idea of Edu was really good to get behind the defense. And Blackmore actually just got uh, the flick on it. But I think there was a lack of communication between uh, the defensive line there. The keeper thought he can easily collect it. Uh, Blackmore didn't hear him probably because our fans were so loud. So probably the assist was not just Edu, but also was maybe an assist from our crowd. And yeah, then, you know, it just was this perfect moment to go with a lot of high self-esteem into the changing room. And look, I I know that it was an own goal and that that those things happen, but you you sort of make your own opportunities in situations like that, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, early in the season, uh, you know, uh, we we got bullied the whole time from from everybody. I think around in football that uh, the opponents passing the ball to us, and they always say, yeah, they don't do it on a free will. We actually make them passing to us because we work hard, we stress them, we drive them tired. Uh, and that is when you're getting opportunities like this. And that was yesterday the same way. I mean, the ball from Edu was teasing and, and, and there was a, a winger really trying to get on the end of it. And that's when it happened. So, yeah, there is no, I don't really believe in luck. I think you make your own results, you score your own goals. And this way it was an own goal. But, you know, we take it and we worked hard for it in the first half. Lutz Vanage deal with us, the sporting director at St. Louis City SC. Give me an idea of what to expect with Houston coming in uh, next week. Well, Houston, so far, you know, they are, uh, I think, similar to us. They exceeded a with the expectations. Uh, they did some really smart moves from the transfer market. Um, with Ben Olsen, they have a very experienced coach, uh, which really managed to, to turn the team around. And um, they're they looking really fantastic at home. They're they, they, they winning lots of games uh, in Houston. On the road so far, not that successful, but that doesn't mean anything. It just shows they do have a lot of quality. And, you know, I think it's also for Tim Parker uh, uh, a special game mm-hmm. to play against the team he represented last season. So uh, definitely another home game. And as you said, Dale Chile before, um, you know, home games, we always said we want to uh, build uh, like, uh, like, like a special atmosphere at home. We want to be uh, like, uh, like, like kind of like a castle. When teams coming in there, they know it was really, really hard to play. And, and that is what we try to keep on doing by winning lots of home games early on. Um, yeah, and I think uh, that's another one where I, I don't see us as the favorite, but I see us definitely with a good opportunity to, to, to get a good result and pick up some points. And we need to believe in our strength at home. Um, also on the injury front, uh, uh, we probably hopefully get a few players back next next week and, uh, and, and then we see how it goes. Boy, you led me right into my next one because you, do you have any kind of update on Klaus? Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's back in training. Uh, he, he still obviously feels it a little bit, and it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing, nothing serious. It's also nothing life-threatening. It's more or less just get it, get, get the right moment uh, that he doesn't carry it, uh, doesn't feel it, and it doesn't hinder him for the, for the reminder of the season. So we just want to be careful and a little bit, um, yeah, kind of thoughtful about it. It's only, it's only 13 games played, and we have a long, long season. Hopefully much more games, many more games than just 34. And that is why it's just simply not the right idea to risk it too early. But he's working hard, he's looking good, and let's hope 
that we get him back as soon as possible. And it speaks a lot about uh, what Bradley Carnell has done and what the, the personnel has done uh, during his absence and the way they have played uh, with him out of the lineup. I want to switch yeah. gears. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, we, as you said, we always said that, you know, I mean, we, we can't uh, really rely or just say, uh, have, use one player as an excuse. We know that he's our top scorer. We know that he's one of our top players. And we know how important he is for the whole chemistry on the field uh, with his high work rate and his physical presence. But, you know, we have a score of, uh, of, of, of 25, 26 players. Uh, and and uh, that means we just need to need to stick together as a unit. And if we have one player injured or two players or five players, we still need to get out there and compete. And um, I'm not really the kind of guy who likes to 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 find lots of excuses in my back pocket. So to say, uh, well, Klaus is not playing now. We're not winning any games. That's not good enough. And after uh, you know, I think we proved by now that we can beat teams without Klaus. And we definitely can be teams with Klaus. So let's hope he's back soon. But as long as he's not available, we have to deal with it and make the best out of it. And I think uh, we, we, can, we can beat anybody in the league. For sure. Uh, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask you about uh, seeing yesterday the exciting game between Lutontown and Coventry City uh, on the English side that, that promotes Lutontown back to the Premier League. Uh, it's something that many leagues around the world they have the promotion relegation system, obviously completely different in the U.S. and with the MLS and the playoff system. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you which you like better than the other, but do you think there's a time uh, or there will be a time maybe that we get closer to that or something like that in the U.S.? You know, it's, it's, it's two different cultures. And uh, I think uh, in, in, in Europe, especially in Germany, where I come from, uh, you know, it is, it is pretty normal that you have your champions after, after 30, for example, after 34 games. But it's a big part of American sport culture. If you're looking at the NHL or the NBA, I mean, the playoffs, that's what people are waiting for. So it, it's very normal that in, in soccer, it's just the same way. Uh, you know, of course, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit different for me because I'm not used to it, but uh, I get used to it. Or I got used to it already last year, also with the second team and watching, of course, the last two years, nearly three years now, lots of MLS games. So it has this certain excitement in it that if you do make it to the playoffs, everything is possible. And if you only finish seventh, you still can win the title. However, uh, for us in the first season, I also like to measure ourselves what's happening. Where do we stand after 34 games? because that is what shows you really consistent what, consistent what we did in the first part of the season. And reaching the playoffs uh, and going far in the playoffs, that's, you know, that, uh, that's obviously the cherry on the top, and, and that's what, what is our dream and, and what we're all playing for. But in the end of the day, it's our first year. We are an expansion team, and we need to keep the ball on the ground and, and, and be, be thoughtful uh, what we do, what we expect, managing our expectations the right way. Lutz, I appreciate the time. I appreciate uh, the perspective there. Uh, continued success to you and to City. I have one more for you before yes. I go. Uh, Miggy, Miggy Perez, I have to just ask Oh, you my gosh, absolutely. Right <laughs> you know, so the pride I mean, of Pattonville. Uh, yeah, and really, I mean, on Thursday, having his graduation, uh, you know, like a big day in his life, um, just two weeks ago, scoring his first ever goal for us uh, at the Cup, uh, at the Open Cup in Chicago, I mean, and what a what a day yesterday. I mean, it's you know again graduation, 
with a big crown on his head now to be able to score that goal yesterday and kind of seal the deal. So what, what, a, what a great story. He works hard. He deserved it a lot. And uh, it was very emotional for him and also for everybody involved uh, in the changing room after the game because, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a kid of the city. It, it's a kid of St. Louis. Uh, it, it's one of our own, and I think uh, everybody is really, really happy for me. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. I was remiss not to mention him, so I appreciate that. Congrats on his graduation and his first MLS goal. It was uh, an exciting moment for sure. And at the death, right at the uh, end of that game last night. Yeah, finally, you know, that was this moment when somehow we felt a little bit the pressure when Cuba might come back after getting that goal back from, from White in the 83rd minute. But Miggy sealed the deal. Very, very good uh, assist also by Thomas Ostrak. So two guys who came on. And again, that's the unit. That's the team what we're talking about. It's mm-hmm. not just the 11 guys who start. It's the full squad who needs to, to bring that extra edge on the field. Well, Lutz, again, I appreciate the time. Uh, always good to talk to you to catch up and certainly good to do it after a big win like last night. Continued success. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again after the Houston game next week. Great. Thank you so much. Lutz Fan and Steel, the sporting director at St. Louis City SC. As sports on a Sunday morning continues here on KMOX, we've got one segment to go. In that segment, we're happy to take your calls or your comments. 314-436-7900. Or you can comment on all of the uh, platforms that we are on today, whether it's YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. We'll get your comments, your calls when we come back, and we'll get you ready for Cardinal Baseball. It's sports on a Sunday morning here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win. Billikens win. Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman here this Sunday morning. Sports on a Sunday morning continues, and we want to get your comments, your calls. We've only got just a few minutes left here as an early Cardinals start for us today. Let's start with Ed wants to talk about the rejuvenation of St. Louis. Ed, you're on Camo X. Joe, thanks so much. Right now, 13 years ago, Keel Opera House, a place of music, rose up with great strength, saved the Blues hockey franchise, put them in the black in three years, and I think catalyzed all of these wonderful uh, improvements from Tucker all the way out to Jefferson, and now it's moving north. So let's give a shout-out to Keel Opera House. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it, it was a, I've been there for several events. It is a tremendous, and, and I was not there before when, it was, when Keel Opera House was open. I've been there since it's been uh, now Stiefel Theater, but you're right. I, I think that any reason to bring people downtown for events, any place that we can gather uh, in downtown St. Louis, you are 100% correct. It was, it was yeah, good for the Keel, blues. Keel one. Yeah. Keel one was the best place uh, in the country first time around. And it's certainly serving well this time. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you, Ed. I certainly appreciate that. And that is, that is uh, very true. You know, I think we tend to think skewed a little bit towards sports, but Ed is right that any of those venues that bring people downtown and allow people to gather here in St. Louis and, and certainly, you know, the residential options that have come as well. Those are all good things. Ballpark village is another great uh, addition and great example of places to gather in downtown and it continues to grow and you see places like 
Katie's Pizza and Pasta, which is uh, getting ready to open or will open very shortly in, in Ballpark Village. You see one Cardinal Way that is bringing people downtown for living as well. So all very good things. Terry is up next here on Camo X. Terry, welcome to Camo X. Oh, yeah. I'd like to know if you have any idea why the Cardinals stopped wearing Bruce Suter's number the first month they were honoring him, and I noticed they ain't wearing it anymore. I thought that was really classy when they did, and I'm sad to see that they ain't honoring his number anymore. I'd like to know maybe if you have any idea why they stopped wearing it. Terry, I appreciate the uh, question and the call. Uh, I don't know 100%. I wonder if it has to do with the addition of the Stiefel uniform patch. So that is on their jersey, and that's they're wearing that on all colors of their jersey. Um, I would think that they would have the uh, ability still to wear the Bruce Suter yeah. on the other side. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, and I know people have asked about whether or not there's going to be anything for Mike Shannon on the jerseys as well. So perhaps that's something that they are looking into as well. I'm going to try to find out about that because I don't know for sure, but I'll see if I can't uh, – Talk to the right people and at least see if we can't find an answer for that. Okay, thanks. That's Terry. Thanks very much, Terry. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, you are welcome to call in the next couple of minutes if you have something for us, 436-7900, or comment on all of our social media platforms where we're at on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and we'll try to get to those. We've got about three minutes left here before we go to Cardinals baseball here on a Sunday afternoon. Card's going to try to win a series that would also give them a winning road trip. I think maybe you could you could probably be a little bit disappointed with only getting the split in Cincinnati, but it's not a series loss, so that's not a huge deal. Uh, and I do think you know the better part of the this stretch has been good for the Redbirds. They're winners of thirteen of their last nineteen, if I've got that correct. Um, so things certainly moving in a positive direction. My man Andrew Price texts in. He is always uh, interested in what we are doing and what we're talking about. He says the Cardinals are hot. We hope the Cardinals stay hot, Andrew. So we appreciate you listening and texting in today. We get to hear from Andrew a lot during the post game as well. So good to hear from him. But yeah, so I, I, things are moving in the right direction. And and again, when you think about this stretch of night consecutive games without an off day that's difficult and it's 13 of 15 have been on the road they have not been home Oliver Marmel mentioned it's going to be nice just to get home and be in your own beds and see your family and it's it's going to be a little bit different because they've got the two games Monday Tuesday and then Wednesday Thursday are both off days this week I, I and I don't know exactly where it comes from but I imagine that it's sort of a balancing out because they're going to have two days again before the London trip so I know their schedule probably has had to be adjusted a little bit, and then maybe that's what created this 19 straight games uh, because of the fact that they've got those games coming up in London and they're going to have two crazy off days there. Maybe that's the situation. They have played a few more games than a lot of teams in Major League Baseball. Today will be game number 55 for the Cardinals. Cleveland, for example, is playing game number 52. So I'm imagining that some of that is just to balance out the uneven schedule because of that London trip. And obviously you're going to have to be, you're going to have to have some more off days, some more buffers for uh, the international travel. But again, they're home for two, they're off for two, and then they're right back on the road. That was where I was really going there is they're going to go right back out on the road after the Royal series at the end of this week, they will go to Pittsburgh 
to start a series at Pittsburgh on Friday. And that uh, rest of that road trip will take them to Texas as well before the next off day is then on the 8th ahead of a homestand here at Bush Stadium. Thanks so much for all of the uh, calls, the comments. Thank you to Drew Young, who is back behind the board and producing for us all morning long. And he was doing it in the show before that. Cardinals baseball is coming up here for you next. Our pregame show gets underway at 1145. Cardinals and Glad- uh, Guardians is coming up from Cleveland. I'm Joe Pot in for Tom Ackerman. Keep it on KMOX. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.